Welcome to Civil Tension, conversations with contentious intent. We are civil, not polite. We are civil, not politically correct. Civil Tension is a weekly podcast intended to demonstrate that people can engage in difficult, contentious topics of conversation while remaining civil and strengthening the ties that bind, even when we profoundly disagree. Civil Tension can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and more. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Civil Tension, Facebook by joining the Civil Tension podcast group, as well as on our developing Instagram account, Civil Tension, and YouTube channel. To join our mailing list, send a note to civiltension at gmail.com. Because of the conversation last week and a few weeks back, kind of looking at you over the bar there. That's all right. Figured that we would actually talk about, and this actually came up as a subject last week as we were kind of closing out, is you know the failing American family or you know family values. Where are they failing? Where are they not? Why are they being mocked? Why is it? And this almost made me think of that, you know discussion we had three or four weeks ago uh, about Christianity, that type of thing too, as I started looking, but um, I'll get into some of this. Is that of interest? Do you guys want to jump in and focus in on that? That's good. We can can get tense with that. I have a hard time focusing on anything. We'll probably end up talking about NASA or something. Yeah, that's the way it goes. So, you know, know, we, we often chase squirrels on this anyway, so... But uh, all right, well, we'll go ahead and get started. Then this is actually episode number 17, 17 weeks straight. So it, it just amazes me each week. We, we just keep doing another and another. And, and they another. haven't thrown us out yet. And yeah, they have not thrown us out yet. <laughs> they have you know, blocked we've, us. We've, we've, we have been blocked. Yeah, we have been blocked. And can, that, I think that's just going to be part and parcel of this thing. Yep. Um, getting blocked. I've, I've now been blocked from groups on LinkedIn as well. Um, even those that are not business oriented but are general social or general topical or general networking groups. Which no, means sorry. You're, yeah, right. yeah. Because it's, if you don't have haters, you're not doing yeah, it. Yeah, right. yeah. We're not doing it right. Sorry, you know, you you no longer have posting abilities in this group. Thank you. It's kind of like kind of like the Dodge Demon doing a sub ten in the quarter. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But can we yeah. still share? Yeah, absolutely. Can we still be friends? <laughs> my my wife is salivating over those. She loves Dodges, and she but she wants the um, what is it? The Durango. She really likes the SRT Durango. Good for her. And, and, for but you. she also liked the Jeep too. So she's you not, mean the you mean the new Trailhawk with, with the with the seven hundred horsepower yeah. engine? Yeah. yeah, squirrel. Yeah. Sweet. She's yeah, squirrel. Here we are. Family value. Oh, no how time. about that new dot? You might want to remind her about the six miles per gallon thing with that kind of. Yeah, she vehicle. doesn't care about that. That's, that's okay. when you well, buy that. If car, you're buying that car, you're buying that car. Yeah, she likes to go fast. A friend of mine bought the that Rebel special thing and. He cries. He's like, and he can afford it, yeah. but he's still crying about because guy got to stop for gas every other day. And yeah. you're just looking at him. You're like, just stop. Right. Just yeah. stop. I feel so sorry for you. Yeah. You don't. You don't get those. Here's, for, here's where for you gas. don't get tears. Right. If you're walking so, in, that's why walking in there goes the world. You insurance. You don't deserve it. There's, yeah. There's, there's a door. The, there's a door. <laughs> you're the wrong guy. 
All right, let's you're, go ahead and get started now that Denise sat down. I'm sorry, down, I was so. conducting business. No, hey, that's yeah. all right. Um, yeah. Again, this is episode 17 of Civil Tension. I am Peter Gall, the host and creator of Civil Tension, and immediately to my right, our co-host. Would you please introduce yourself? John Guansi. And Tom Sellers. And Bill Hussey. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> I, oh, I, I, I love you around the table. We are going to, but now I have to tell everybody that you're a conversationalist, you're a guest. I am a their co-host. I'm a poor guest. You, you, are, <laughs> you are an awesome guest. <laughs> His last time so, as a guest. You know, yeah. no? No? Can yeah. you tell I'm going to get my two cents? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking he's going all in with the limbo. You know what? Why don't we just go ahead and let you introduce yourself? Yes, go ahead. Keep going in that direction. John Smith. John Smith. All right. Dan Sweak. I don't know how, be, how long I'll be here today. So. Hey, you're you're welcome as long as you can sit. Jerry. Denise Natzel. Don Savison. All right. And because of some of the previous episodes we've had, we've decided to talk about, as, as a general topic, the failing American family. And really that centers more around the family values and why they seem to be under, they're, they're being mocked. They're, the family values are being undervalued. They seem to be mocked. It seems now that if you're from a traditional core family, mom, dad, kids, that you're made fun of. You're even in you know, the media, TV, sitcoms, movies. Oh, especially there. You, you know, yeah. Especially there. You know what? You're, you're part of a family. That doesn't exist anymore. The message is, if you're part of that, you don't really matter. You're you're not you're part not of... Liar. Yeah, you're an outlier now. Yep. You're not hip. You're not cool. Yeah. Wait a minute. Don't kids run the family now? Well, <laughs> and see, watching TV. That's, Just watch Disney, yeah. right? Watch Disney. Watch... Um, uh, watch real life. Yeah, yeah. watch <laughs> real life. Yeah. <laughs> watch real life. I mean, even this. I, mean, I was walking, actually leaving, leaving the hospital yesterday after visiting um, Ken, a regular guest. And I'm walking out, and there's this little kid who's as cute as could be, but his mom is watching TV. I'm guessing it's his mom. I'm assuming that it could have just been a caretaker. Who knows? She's watching TV in one of the, the lobby areas. This kid is just tearing up and down the aisles. He's having a good time. He's being a kid, but he's in a hospital. There are people sitting there in wheelchairs. There are, uh, you know, yeah, a, a guy, he almost, knocked, he, well, he almost knocked someone over that was on crutches. And it's just, hey, you know, slow down, bub. And, and then she's like, oh, uh, and she gathered him in. I'm like, hey, slow down, bub. But he, he is. He's just having fun. He's just being a kid. But at the same time, come on, be mindful of what's going, what's going on around you. But I, I don't know. Thoughts. Help me out here a little bit. My wife and I, and I, and I keep talking. I say that. Thoughts. Help me out a little bit. By the way, I'm just going to keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday that uh, uh, he said that he's a new, he drives for Uber. To say for that, and he said that the craziest thing he just saw recently was that here's a guy with in Chicago. This is not in downtown Chicago, but in Chicago, um, on near North Side, and he's got his two kids in hand, one on each hand, 
and he said they must have been six or seven years old and they're crossing over going to cross the street but there's a bike lane and the bike lane everybody's going 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 and as some as somebody passes them the um, <laughs> something this guy hit a pothole or something and and something popped out of this guy's bag and it was a, 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 a one of these little bottles of juice and this guy leaves his two kids runs into the street grabs his juice and is trying to chase this guy down in the middle of the street and his kids are on and his kids are on the side right on the sidewalk <laughs> thinking and he you know and he's hey 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 he's yelling at him hey 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 and I thought where is this guy's brains I mean come on you're gonna you're gonna lose your life because you're in the middle of the street or you're gonna lose your kids lives or something might happen for to a juice them. box huh? yeah for a juice box yeah or for a well, bottle maybe of he juice he had him trained to stay there on the side well yeah but somebody <laughs> could have come along and picked them up that's I mean that's the other not thing. uncommon, right? That's what I'm saying, and that especially not in Chicago. <laughs> well, but I mean, it's just it's just crazy. And uh, finally, he realized, oh wait a minute, I think I left my kids someplace. You know, so what, I mean, what would you do in that situation? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I knew I had. One I knew of those. I had them around here somewhere. You know, maybe I maybe he was trying to get rid of them. I yeah, don't know. Darn, there's still two there. But you well, just, you when know, my I mean, kids, when my kids were younger, they were uh, 18, 19, yeah, 19 and a half months sure. apart. So as they started getting older and they were still toddlers, you'd go somewhere, you know, walking or whatever, and your kids would go off in two different directions. Oh, sure. Well, I ended up getting um, a leash and collar, you know, specially designed for kids, and I had them on there. And I remember one lady said to me, oh, that is terrible. I said, lady, it would be worse that if my kids went in two different directions and got hit by a car. Right. And all of a sudden she goes... You know, you're right. I think I'm going to... Where did you buy that? You know, <laughs> because it, your kids were just... Even if you went somewhere and they... And one had ADD, and that particular one was out of control. So when he would get out of control, I'd pick him up, sit him on my lap, put my hand between my legs, and hold him until he settled down. And I said, if you're ready to go play like you're supposed to, you can get up. Otherwise, you're going to sit here until I tell you you can move. And that was the thing. Well, I discipline. never let yes, See, I never let my kids just That's an old go word. Hmm? Not used very much anymore. Is it even no, in a dictionary not. anymore? You know, I don't I, think so. I think I told uh, the story been voted out. I told the story once before I was in Illinois. Right. the story once before I'm in Walmart, you talk about family values and, and this woman comes out with her child, who's probably seven, and a daughter and, and mom leaves the cart right in the middle of the aisle going out the door. And the daughter starts pushing it back to where the other cards are to put it away. The mother looks at her and says, what are you doing? And she goes, I'm putting it back. And she goes, we don't do that. Come this way. Come with me now. And I just, I, my eyes just pop out of my head going, you've got to be kidding me. You're teaching your kid to, to, do, you know, to take her away from being doing the right thing. Right. To say, we don't do that. Who's we? Who's we? Yeah. Well, I'm checking out groceries. Admire like I do on the weekends sometime. And here comes a dad and his kid all dressed up to go to baseball, right? And the kid's between eight and ten years old and he's in the cart. And he stands up and he's doing this, practicing his swing, right? Yeah. And I said, dude, please sit down. That's really dangerous. Because I'm watching him go over 
crack his head on the well, concrete. And, and I and actually have yeah. a former friend who, in Michigan, her granddaughter did that and died. Yeah. So the dad goes, yeah, sit down or I'm going to have to ground you. And the kid's response was, not to sit down. You can't ground me. We have a ball game today, and I'm your best player. <laughs> well, I'm also your coach, and I can sit you on the bench. <laughs> You're not going to bench me because I'm the best player, and you won't win the game. I'll bench you, and I will ground you. You're not going to do that because I'm the best player on the team and you're not going to do it. The dad goes, sit down. And he's trying to conduct business with me. And finally, at the end, I looked at the kid and I said, dude, you can't play the ball game if you're in the emergency room with a concussion. <laughs> or you're in but the I room could not believe this right. interchange he's gonna be good all the way up between this kid and his dad. So I don't know what the situation is there, but it blew my mind. All I know is if my kid ever talked back to me that way, I just give him that look. And then they go, oh, damn, mom's really <laughs> There was a time we used to get spanked or, or right, oh, yeah. right. get the belt. Smack or, back on oh, him. Oh. Well, hey, yeah. I, I grew up, I knew every time what I was doing, what it was going to earn me. Mm -hmm. And most of the time I was correct unless I did not get caught. And, you know, we actually, growing up we had... Um, Mom, you're okay. You're fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, but we had the black belt, and it was not a, a it was not earned through martial arts. And it was never <laughs> it was never never worn on pants. It ever. was never <laughs> just hung in yeah. invisibility. It, yeah. it, it was a leather a leather variety. It was not. I'm dying to ask you. So did you learn not to do it anymore, or did you learn how to get away with it more? Both. Both, yes. Uh, well, I will tell you. Where you develop creativity. The yes. very last time I got my rear end addressed in that manner, I happened to turn around and look up, and the look on my mother's face, I remember it still to this day, cracked me up. I started laughing, and I couldn't stop. That's never and a good place to go. And I'm yeah, just dying laughing. Yeah. And she's whack. I'm dying laughing. And she's like, okay, this isn't going to work anymore. Has she forgiven um, you of this since last but, week? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, she said, hey, to my wife, you need to do something about your husband. To which your anymore. wife responded, give me that thing. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. I'll show you how it's done. <laughs> well, why are you using a belt? I've got a perfectly good frying pan right over right. here. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember when we still had the board, of, the quote, board of education in Chicago. Oh, we didn't, we didn't have one of those in the house. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. I, only got, I got one of those once, and I didn't want it again. <laughs> but I think there are two things that we're talking about. We have, one, the behavior of children, and I think, to, to Jerry's point, is that what we see in that situation with the ball player, I'm your best player, you won't right. bench me, yada, yada. What we have there, I, was, I can't remember who I was talking with this week, but it was uh, we were talking about the issue of confidence mm -hmm. without character. And we have a generation, perhaps a generation and a half or two by now, they have been raised for self-esteem, 
They've been raised to be confident in who they are. They've been raised to have confidence in all different types of things, and the, these things are becoming more estranged and weirder all the time. But the point being, they're, ha they're taught to have confidence, but they're having confidence without character that supports it. And the reason that they're being taught this is because uh, character, the person that's putting the grocery carts away, trying to leave the cart corral better than they found it, what an incredible idea. That is something that's not being taught anymore. And there's a couple of reasons why, and I, I, as soon as Peter sent me this thing, I said, well, I'm going to go to my handy-dandy little uh, uh, online book here that I sometimes reference, <laughs> and I, I, want to, I want to share this with you. This is not scripture, okay, but we, we have to understand why the family is being attacked, why the traditional nuclear family is being attacked. We can't discount this. I want to address this in the following way. Quote, Marxists argue, Marxism, Marxists argue that the nuclear family performs ideological functions for capitalism. The family acts as a unit of consumption and teaches passive acceptance of hierarchy. This is true so far. It is also the institution through which the wealthy pass down their private property, to their children, thus reproducing class iniquity. If we want to know why it is the traditional family is being attacked, twofold. One is because we live in an increasingly Marxist society, an increasingly Marxist world, and the Marxist knows that they must destroy the traditional family and bring it down through a level of chaos to its dysfunction in order for Marxism to be victorious. They know this must occur, and that is what is occurring. The second thing we have to realize is the fact that the family is not instituted by Marxists, obviously, and it's not instituted by capitalism, obviously. The family is instituted by God, through whom all things were created in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we want to consider why is the family deteriorating, why is it falling apart, it's because of two things. One, you have a Marxist tendency and propensity in the world. One. Two, and I've said this a few weeks ago, this is a spiritual war. That we have the devaluation of what God had instituted because he knew it was what was best for us and how to bring up our young, to bring up the future generations, so that we can have what? Confidence with character. And by that definition, leaving the world a little better than when we found it. Even something as simple as a car corral. So That's the quote, so and I just closed off the loop. There so it's a, it's a, <laughs> you're not done. Mike so it's a, it's a shift in focus. We don't want you to be done. There's a shift in focus. Drill down on that for me a little bit. So and focus. The, the, what does so that mean? So you're saying, you know, prior to this Marxism uh, intrusion, uh, the focus was more with the, the Lord's intentions of what a family should be and, and raising families and things of that nature now what we've done is we've lost that focus we've been trained or or infiltrated however you want it, whatever you want to call it um, to start thinking in a different manner we, we think that the state is sufficient and where there are deficiencies, Not this state no well no but that's exactly no i i mean the state i mean the yeah. state of illinois the state of um yeah. of the union as it is the republic which no longer exists 
Absolutely, and instead of addressing those very specific issues at the most local level or at the state level, where there are problems and difficulties and challenges, and those things exist. I'm not saying they don't and never have, but of course they do. So instead of addressing a very narrow scalpel-like precision with individual families and circumstances, they come in with a meat axe and completely lay to waste the entire institution, and that's not accidental. No, no, they I get mean, that. They mean to do it. I get that, and 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 so they have a purpose. They, they and 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 they have a, a, a focus. They they have an intention. Um, what do you do to counteract? What you do is you get your attention, you focus it back on God. And this is the thing that's just incredible to me, is that we want morals, we want absolute values, we want things that are intrinsically good. Thou shalt not kill, don't steal, no adultery. So on and so forth, don't lie, blah, 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 yada, yada. We want these things because they're intrinsically good. His law is written on our hearts. Scripture tells us this. And yet at the same time, but we don't want to focus on him to get it. We don't want him to be a part of our lives. So we want morals, but we don't want the moral agent. That doesn't work. Eventually, well, you're going to want the morals for everybody but yeah, ourselves. That's what I was just about to well, say. The well, question is that, where the moral. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. I, everybody has morals, values, beliefs, right? Three hardest things that change in a person. Um, and, and, you know, so... But again, we're back to we want that we want our morals for us, and we but, want you to have better ones. But I want to be really clear about what I mean when I say morals. I mean God's law as He has written and given it, and, and to which we are to respond, as opposed to my truth, your truth, her truth. That is junk, because if a person has this thing called my truth, as soon as my circumstances change and enough pressure is applied to me. If it's my truth and not God's, I will abandon. I will run like a screaming stepchild, right? I will. I'll, I will run and cave. But if it is God's truth that I will be accountable to and respond to as a matter of faith in response to salvation, I will stand to that until the very end. There are two kinds of people that claim faith. One is those who believe they believe. <laughs> and those who do believe. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you want to get more information on that, check out Voice of the Martyrs and the uh, Romanian priest who began that organization was held in Romanian captivity by the communists for X number of years and endured uh, incredible torture. Uh, he came to that conclusion when they would put him in a box that was whatever, about the size of a human torso, right? And sticking out and through the through the walls of the box were these rusty nails all around him. They would close the door, they're in front of him, so it's like an Iron Maiden except the nails were like an inch off of him. And they would make him stand there for days. This is what they did to him. And so the idea, so he came to the conclusion there are two kinds of people, those who believe they believe and those who actually believe. If you actually believe and have that life in response to, again, bringing it back to morals that are absolute, the bedrock of faith, the bedrock of what is actually good, you will stand and adhere to it. But if you but True. if you but Absolutely. if you just believe you believe, then yeah, then you really don't get wish wash. Then I can adjust things. Then I can adjust. Like there's no well, negotiation. You see, you see that adjustment constantly. And <coughs> people in in what I see in my view, people generally do generally do along their confirmation bias, they make adjustments in whatever it is they believe that justifies whatever decisions they're making at that point in time. And with regard to the family values, you know, John and I have talked extensively, everybody at this table knows, um, 
I'm, I'm not, my family has not been adhered to uh, a, uh, a, a faith focused, we've not been faith focused from the time our kids were born all the way up to, you know, my, my daughter experienced it for a few years with people across the street. My wife and I never took the kids to church a couple of times. Um, Cody now goes to church a little bit and he's learning more and more about it. Um, but that said, my wife and I did decide that, okay, we're, one of us is always going to be home with the kids. One of us is always going to be available with them. We decided that we were going to have at least one parent available and around as they were growing up all the time. And we do have certain values. Now, a lot of this is centered around what we learned as kids as well. And even through education and my involvement in the church that I was raised in. And so I know that that has had an impact on the values we established with our own children. Um, even down to the, the little point of, I think my boys might have gotten their butts swatted once or twice growing up. Never once used a belt. Never once used, you know, there were no implements of discipline used because I went through that. Didn't appreciate it. Didn't like it. Well, you thought and it was pretty funny one time. Yeah, right. one time it was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Let last week go, will you? Yeah, yeah. 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 We'll, we'll let that go. But, they're talking to each other again. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we made it through that. Uh, but the so, what's the purpose of have, being around, having one parent around your children all the time? Is it for the protection side, or are you looking for the opportunity of a teaching moment? Both. Yes. It was both. And because we, we saw... We saw examples of kids who were taken and left at daycares and I understand parents need to work we probably would have been a much more financially stable and perhaps even affluent family had we both gone well, and that's what society's going to look at you and say, hey, there it is. you right. can't get a 10,000 square foot house if somebody's not working. You don't yeah. get a fancy car without somebody else working. And my working. wife and I made that decision, too, when we had our second child, because our first child was the typical, you know, we both worked. She was raised in daycare, you know, and after daycare, she went to after-school care until we came home, and then we were so tired we didn't deal well with her, so she got the swattings from time to time. You know, she got sent to her room. Um, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a good life. You know, for the child and for us either. Our second child. You know, we raised literally. There was somebody always there with him. You know, I mean, I did. We did an at-home water birth. I delivered him. I mean, he wasn't. I wasn't away from my son for first five years. That's awesome. By the way, I know you sat down and replaced Dan. Would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> oh, geez, no. Scott Giles. Yeah. <laughs> okay. born, and, born, born and raised in Mundelein. Dan and Dan for the last 19 years. Well, Dan, so. I, well the, thing ahead, that, the thing I just want to add on to what you've said and what John was saying is that, first of all, I think that we, and I know John would agree with this, or I believe he would, is that too many people don't understand that this is being done intentionally. Right. Because we sound crazy when we talk like that. That why would people want to destroy the family? Well, because they want to destroy the family because they want a different structure of our country, plain and simple. And I think it blows my mind that people will just act like that's not happening, first of all. 
And I mentioned this last week, is I always find it interesting, and, I, I, and I'm always curious because we all get our values from somewhere. It's just a matter of where we get them. I mean, sometimes people say, oh, people that go to church, they're brainwashed. I said, absolutely. We all get our brainwashed. It's just what do we wash our brain with? We all wash our brains with different things. We get to pick what we wash our brain with. But I don't, you know, I love it when people say brainwashing. Yeah, yeah, everything is. You, you're, I get my brain washed by reading the Bible. You may get your brain washed by watching comedies on TV. Mm-hmm. We're both getting our brain washed. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you have to come up with where do I get my values? We all make those decisions one way or another. The Tony Robbins of the world will sell you that you, you learn all of these things, about 80% of these like, things like by three the age or four. of five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you, the other other 20% is coming between right. that and the age of 18. Exactly. It's pretty scary, you're, isn't it? You're pretty locked in by five It's pretty scary, old. isn't it? Well, I know. That is really scary. I never thought about that. You know, and that's, you know, the world today, especially now with social media and all this. I mean, look at all these kids that are given a tablet to shut them up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Here, look at this. Yeah. And the programming the that they're walking, the pro- and the programming that they're watching or listening to is literally programming mm-hmm. them this is the way it is and we're all yep. in the same way guilty of that is consume 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 make more make more do more mm-hmm. go more but it's how we learn well, to act well, and react right so a real simple easy test for anybody is go back in your memory and try and remember the first time you went to a funeral and i do you know and, and then i can you remember the first funeral you did you, you probably if you're anything like me uh you probably felt like i don't know how to act we ran around inside the funeral home as a young kid because it was fun, you know fun was until fun. you saw yeah, that my, person. My daughter once didn't we realize went, what was, you know, wow, that's my grandma. Mm-hmm. Why and is she not let, let me Let me stop things here real quick because I know Denise has been trying to jump in here. You've got to be more aggressive. I know, I know. Gotta I be know. More, but go ahead. Um, well, we, you were talking about, you know, raising your children in religion. Well, my husband was Catholic, and so was I, so we raised our children Catholic. But when they came to confirmation, they were given the choice. Do you want to go Catholic? Or, because I was also getting them into other religions just for, you know, uh, summertime, to see whether or not there was something else that they would have been better at in a different religion. You know, they went ahead and and did uh, Catholic. However, they don't go to church anymore. Right. right after they made their confirmation, that was it. They were done. Yeah. Why did you even become? Thing. Why did you even go through confirmation if you weren't going to continue? That's what was expected. Right. I guess. That's it's what. That's what. That's what they were programmed. This is what a Catholic does. You go to, you know, baptism, first communion, confirmation, confirmation. and then you're done. It's a ritual. It's yeah. a ritual, right? And no that's. I was born and raised Catholic, and. You know, I went every Sunday because that's what my parents said we needed to, to do, yeah, right? And I to. did it for many years. Once I got married, I stopped going for a plethora of reasons other than the fact that, you know, you go in there and for me it came down to, you know, all they wanted for me was I thought was all they wanted to do was tell you were a sinner and that you needed to give them money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's what I can Baby believe in Jesus a lot of things without gold, giving them money. The moment he was born. Right. Well, and so, who gave him the gold? One of the people, one of the believers, yeah. right? You know, so that's one of the very, hey, the baby Jesus needs gold. Her. Right. So it's all about me, 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 you know, and that's the feelings I got somewhat from the Catholic Church. I go to a non-denominational church now, um, which I've just gotten re-back involved with, but it was one of those things for me. It just became give, 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 you're bad, 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 do this, and well, 
I well, they call it the Catholic guilt, right? But the reality <laughs> is, is every religion has this guilt, and 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 you don't even have to be the religion to be able to to uh, enforce or, or thrust upon somebody else a guilt, right? Or feel guilty, right? You know, because you know better, but it doesn't always stop you. I mean, right? It's called right. practicing Catholic. Right. <laughs> right. Well, well, I can tell you as a, as the ex chairman of our parish council in the Catholic Church, the number one <laughs> thing. my heart. <laughs> I this know John's dying, John's dying to jump in, but real quick, one of the the biggest focus for at least the last 10 years for the Catholic Church is how to attract the younger people, how to bring them back in. And they can't reinvent that wheel. Nobody's figured it out. And it's amazing how much energy and, and resources are spent on trying to, to figure out what's the easy way to get this to happen and and, and it doesn't and that's mm -hmm. the thing with the catholic church for me is it Doesn't has not work. it has well it hasn't it hasn't evolved it hasn't bent it's been stuck in the old the old ways so to speak and that's where i think a lot of these well, new we do churches have the new testament right but i think that's why a lot of these new churches have really gained ground is because like the one that i go to and i'm going to plug it but the chapel mm -hmm. they it's almost exact same teachings as the catholic church sure they're all mimics Right, but it's also more, um, more involved, um, more where you get involved and everyone talks. But it's also more exciting than sit kneel stand, sit kneel stand. It's they have you know, rock music, they have mm -hmm. good live music, they have, and for me, I feel like they really equated the the Bible passage that week that they're working on or the the, the programs because they do like. Um, you know, weeks and weeks on the same thing that they'll change, you know, keep expounding upon this idea for the next couple of weeks, mm -hmm. um, or they call it series. Yeah, do a series, yeah. You know, do a series, and, but they equate it to everyday life. You know what I mean? To, it has and, relevance, and, unlike what you grew up Right, with, yeah. and when I, when I grew up, I, did, I could never really see the relevance other than, you know, do not cover up thy neighbor's wife. I get that. Mm -hmm. So how does that, though, in what you're experiencing then, how does that impact the family? How do you see it impacting the family? Because right now we're we're being taught to celebrate the dissolution of family values, the destruction of a traditional family. Um, and, I, and again, I'm not. My my parents got divorced when I was young, and it's probably a very good thing they did. Certainly had a traumatic impact on me, but. I would be loath to think what life would have been like had two people who could not, you know, pe two people who did not love each other anymore, or at least one, you know, two people who were in a really bad place stayed together just because there were kids. I think my life would have been, there, there might have been aspects that would have been much easier growing up. But I think ultimately now I would be an entirely different kind of father. I would be an entirely different kind of husband. And I don't think it would have been great. So in looking at, you know, we, we've quickly pointed to religion and family values and belief practices. So what about that is creating a good example of or what about that if that's tied so tightly to family values and I'm asking for your input because again that really was not prevalent in the raising of our children our children are all all grown our youngest is now 19 spent her first year at college so I mean we, we could we could go ad nauseum 
about the difference between Airfinger's quote religion mm-hmm. and biblical Christianity. Thank you. Yeah. I, and I don't want to get down that rabbit trail yeah, because there, because we will be here a while and we will not talk about the topic. But there is a huge difference between quote unquote religion and biblical Christianity and a relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, and that's all I'm in a state about that. I want to go back to something that Don said though. He he said that he was talking about. The the erosion, uh, I'm paraphrasing, the erosion of the family because the powers that be in Marxism, for example, it wants its way. Well, why does it want its way? It wants its way because it wants power control over human life, living and dying. Mm-hmm. That's what it wants because that is inherent in its sinful nature because it's totally secularized. I want to go ahead, and the problem that we're running into in this society is this. I'll just pick on Peter. Go ahead. He, he was not raised with any particular, um, or was raised with a certain level of faith, um, uh, even religion, and then didn't raise his kids with, right? A particular type or brand. It wasn't a conscientious thing. But I want to challenge Peter and everyone here and anyone that listens to this to picture a world where you are not at all influenced by Christianity. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what your values would be? Can you imagine the subjective nature of those values? It wouldn't be, we wouldn't have what we have. You wouldn't have the Constitution that we have. You wouldn't have the society that we have. And we are not in danger of being um, just non-practicing. We are in danger of taking the fundamental values of Christianity and totally sweeping them off the table and being rid of them. And you have to try to picture a world without that. We've like, seen it. Well, there's a there's a book, I can't remember the author. I wanted to say Swindle, but I'm not quite clear on that. But the, it, the, the title of the book is, What If Jesus Had Never Been Born? That's the title. And it's a powerful read. It's big print, not real thick, so it may not appeal to you know really smart people here at the table. But I loved it. So I could probably read it. Okay, yeah. I could probably read it then too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but but it really it it asks a question, then really answers it, and it's not a pretty picture. That even the non-practicing is a benefactor of Christianity and of those values and of God's word. They are still benefactors. And if you take that completely and totally swipe it off the table, which is what the Marxist wants to do, what are you left with? Yeah, if there's no deity, then there's murder's not wrong. Right? Murder's not wrong. Murder's not wrong. I mean, it's like it's got to come from somewhere. Gonna, right. And I think that but one of the things I like to do, John, is try to take it out this this conversation, even though I believe it is completely the lack of of a faith based approach to it. But that doesn't often convince secular people. You just look at the stats of things, and I and I mean, you just look at what's happened to the African American community since the breakup of the family. And to me, it is clear evidence of a purposeful attempt to do that to make people reliant on the state. You mean you mean the breakup of the family via the welfare system? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I didn't it's, know that. It's, wow. it's just stunning how obvious it is, <laughs> wow. and how it's one of those things where it's like, how can you look at what's happened there and say that's a good thing and should right. be celebrated? Does that mean we should disparage single mothers? No, no, no. no. We should support them. We're supposed to help them. But to encourage it and celebrate and push for it and act like if you're not that, there's something wrong with you, is so damaging to people. It hurts people. There that is. That's the way I was trying to find to say this. Because, again, I'm not 
I'm not saying just because you need to if you're if you come to the point where you're in a bad relationship and that relationship is going to damage your children you need to do something about that and that is okay to do it's a responsible thing in many cases to do but to what you just said to celebrate and say boy if you are not a single parent raising your kids on the welfare state there's something wrong with you you're ridiculous. Or if you say that's not good, there's something say, wrong with yeah, you. If you yeah. say, oh, this is not good. You must not care. It no. is important to have support systems in place. Mm-hmm. I get that. I understand it. And thank, and I'm going to say, thank God, because <laughs> yes, thank God, because I don't know another way to say that, for my in-laws, who I've talked about before, but often in my head, I replace that old WWJD, and instead of what would Jesus do, it's what would Jim do, who is my father-in-law. Got the right um, letter. Yeah, it's got the right letter. And Jim has been amazing to my family. And uh, and he has actually set examples that I've never seen in my own family. But and, and he is Catholic. My wife's family is they're they're Catholic Italians. Um, you know, I I, I, I was not spaghetti too. But you know, to that point, yes. Why? Are we celebrating what destruction? Destruction. <laughs> Why are we saying this is wonderful? This is good, and I get that it's a Marxist thing. Right. It's very Marxist, and it's becoming more and more prevalent, more and more visible. And, but, and there's the answer. If, it, if you're dependent on me, I own you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whoa, ownership. There and it it's is. Still about ownership. There it is. People as property. There Tom it is. There's a the proclamation. Yep. There it is. Yep. Hey, that's We're, a wrap. Problem is, yeah. a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of people. Sadly, a lot of people are signing up for that though. That's right. what's weird about it. Is it's volunteering for it in some cases from a societal perspective. We're volunteering. What was it? The survey the other day. Forty-six percent of. Uh, uh, some uh, I don't know if it was all people. Maybe it was forty-six percent of Democrats believe we believe in socialism. Absolutely, yeah. And it's like it's as I said last week when I said to look for the government to fix all this stuff is really stupid. Well, socialism is really stupid, but a lot of people don't realize it's stupid. And, but there's well, it right there. You're dependent on the state. Yeah. The state owns you. Yeah. It just blows me away that yeah, anybody. The states already got their hand in too far, far, far. And that's too what's much. so frightening. And about we haven't it. stopped. They've got it's that, working very got well. Yeah. All the way up to the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, it's working very, 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 very well. Isn't it, John? Stand. Yeah. yeah, there's even rules now about yeah. ice cream trucks yeah. in, a, in a in a you know a neighborhood or yep. a town or something. Yeah, like trying to feed somebody tried to feed the homeless and they you know you don't have a license you know. But, so. but you know I don't want to just I, you know but the, the the divorce statistics for mm-hmm. example and some of the stats that we keep societally, it isn't any better. I don't believe it or it's marginally better among. Air fingers quote Christians yeah. and it is secular. Yeah, it's better. not much better. It isn't. Okay. Sadly. And I don't want to just pick on the Marxists. Okay? I want to pick on the capitalists too, <laughs> because it's important. Sure, it is. Capitalism says buy the bigger home, buy the better car, go on the nicer vacation. It's about you. Mm-hmm. It's about your life. You need some me time. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. It's about your young. It's about the next generation. It's about what are you willing well, to put on the line and sacrifice in terms of a two-parent income, living in a smaller home, so you can be focused on your young and the next generation. That, again, is what God decrees. And that's what he puts on our heart. That's, you know what I love about 
being married, and again, I'll admit, the second time around, <laughs> you think that divorce didn't crush me? Oh, yeah, it did. But here it is. You know what I love about it? It's because I'm married to someone who says, John, uh, will you sacrifice for me like Christ sacrificed and does for the church? I mean, that's basically the question. And before she even had to ask, I said, that's what I want to do. I want to sacrifice and pour out my life for you like Christ does the church. And she says, and I will respond to that by respecting you. And we have that husband-wife-Christ-church relationship. And the thing that's so beautiful about that is it's God-ordained. But back to the capitalist. The capitalist doesn't care about that. No. The capitalist well, says, buy the nice car, have the great career, be fulfilled, well, be all about your legacy. <laughs> capitalism yeah. is perpetuated, uh, let's say, by our government, who, who lives a completely different standard. They can print money anytime they want, <laughs> yeah. pay off their debt. Sure. But God forbid we get into yeah, that. Yeah, you try that. <laughs> yeah, you try that and see if the, if the man doesn't come down the road to the house and back in the car and everything. Yeah, right. you know. Well, you know, my, my parents were married um, 21 years. And my father was an alcoholic and very verbally abusive. And my mother stayed with him, which really was a bad thing because she should have divorced him years and years before. But when he became physical, and my mother realized that I was trying to protect her, and I almost killed my father by taking him, throwing him through the plate glass window at the grocery store, and then taking the post that was there and throwing him up against there and telling him, you ever touch my mother again and I'll kill you. My mother realized at that point, this is not good, somebody's gonna be in jail one of these days. This is not good. But I was only maybe 102 pounds at the time, and my father was tall and he was, you know, built and the adrenaline that went through me when I saw what he was doing to her, that was it. Superhuman strength. Oh, absolutely. And my mom said, that's it. And my father laughed and walked over to the tavern and I was like, oh no, you're never going to do that again. But that's when she realized, although she was Catholic and should not have done it, even the, even the priest told her, you need to do this. I normally don't say this, but for what you're going through and with your children and everything else with this Info, you know, things that your uh, husband is doing, you need to divorce. And I, later on, I thought to myself, wow. Well, you can't I'm do that anymore. That. No. I guess now so. you're going to say that person has an illness and we need to treat that. And we need to support that. We need to put them in this program or that program. You, you, you know, we've come to the part where we're cuddling everything. Right? We're cuddling everybody with every issue, every concern, every insecurity. And, and there may and there may be, for example, if you look at opioid addiction, right? People yeah. look at people look at that and say, well, by putting them in programs, that's coddling. There is a chemical reaction, there is a change in the brain chemistry that has to be addressed in a very specific way. Otherwise, you cannot change the brain chemistry. You can't just put them in the room and say, look, you need to change, grow up, harden up, and deal with it. That doesn't work. So it's not a matter of, of coddling per se, but treatment. And again, with that scalpel treating as opposed to creating this big, broad, brushstroke thing where all of a sudden the stake gets in your life mm -hmm. so far that the glove is up to the shoulder mm -hmm. and they've got their hand all the way into your life. It's not okay. Well, the goal would be to, 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 to try to get to those types of folks before they get to that point. Sure. sure. You know, but you, you can't, right? We just don't have the resources. Well, another thing, going back to the whole divorce issue is, again, it's to me, this is one of the, another one of those subjects we don't look at the root cause. We just say, oh, we're getting divorced and there's problems and that's where they should break up. We don't look at why are more people entering marriage that ends up in, in divorce. 
Um, and again, it kind of goes back to fundamental values. You're equally yoked in your marriage, and right. things like that that people think is crazy to even talk about. Right. Is but I mean, the reason so many people get divorced is so many people get married who shouldn't be getting married. Exactly. Well, and the church, and the church, whatever denomination, yeah. and the church doesn't have the courage to stay to state in those premarital counseling sessions if yeah. they have them to say, yeah. "Don't do I'm it. not going to do this. I'm not going to perform this marriage because this is not going to. This yeah. is not yeah. good." This is not sound scripturally, and I have to walk away from yeah. this. I suggest you go to the Justice of the Peace because I can't have anything to do with this. Yeah. The peace-filled marriages are people that are, 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 are concentrating more on themselves. Sure. You know, I mean, when people ask me, and, and I've been asked this often, you know, how is it you have such a great marriage? I'd love to have that. I said it's really actually kind of simple. Every decision you make, you have to take into consideration how is that going to affect your spouse, mm -hmm. your children, your friends, the people around you, your, your profession, everything. If you're conscientious of how it's going to affect others and if there's negativity there, then it's not a good choice. Yeah. What happens when, so what happens, so what do we got here to kind of bring it back a little closer, and I know we're probably going to be bumping up against it, right, is this idea that on the Marxist side, well, I'll use, my, I'll use my left hand. On the Marxist, <laughs> on the Marxist side, they want the state to be your god. Right. On the capitalist side, pure capitalist side, they want you to be your god. Mm -hmm. Those are both poor substitutions for the one who is supposed to be your god. Right. And therein, both situations, you find failings, except for the one to whom we are called, whose law is written on our hearts. Period. It's, it's, this is not complicated, but the world rejects it, and it says, don't want anything to do with yeah. it. Why? Because the state has got all the solutions, or I've got all the solutions. Are you really sure about that? How's that working out for you? Yeah. Check that out in Venezuela to look at the leftist <laughs> yeah. example. Yeah. The state is God down there. How's that working for them? It's not working so well. And that, it's amazing. And I also find it interesting. People don't seem to get as mad at the state for asking, taking our money versus the church asking for our money. It's interesting. The state takes a lot of money from us. We don't seem to complain. Well, some people complain. We do at this table probably do. But I always find that interesting that I go to church. I can give money or I cannot give money when I go to church. It's my choice between me and God. It's not between me and the pastor. And But people just... Don't you know? Government can take all the money they want, and we just keep doing it and keep doing it. It's amazing. Now people are starting to leave the state of Illinois, like they leave the church because of that. Mm -hmm. But it's pretty amazing to me how we it's we a are. It's a volunteer to, to give money at church, and we complain about the church asking us for money, but the state takes our money every single paycheck and every year, and a lot more of it every year too. Well, you know, back almost 44 years ago when I got married. The church, you know, you had you to go nine. through. Yeah, when I was when I was six. Six. Uh, <laughs> when um, you had to go through the um, the ritual and the classes and so forth, I never realized that the church could say no. We had like 20 people in the class, and we were all talking about what we wanted to do and how we wanted to raise our children and when we were going to have children. And some couple of people said, "Well, we're not going to have children right away." And the priest said, "Why not?" Well, we want to enjoy each other, we want to be able to get some things, and then we're going to have our children. That was fine. But there were two couples that were in there that the priest said, I'm going to talk to two of the couples. Didn't tell us which they were. I will not be marrying you. You need to go through more classes 
or go to the justice of the peace because your values are not here in the Catholic Church. And I thought, whoa, but you know, I, I, we still didn't know which couples they were because we didn't really get to know each other that mm -hmm. well. But I thought, wow, that it's, was good. So they were willing to say no. Yeah, we yes, don't know the reasons. Yes. But right. well, the Catholic Church said no to me and my wife Did they? because we had our daughter out of wedlock. Oh, okay. I'm like, you know, to me that really, that was one of the things that kind of finally solidified mm -hmm. that the lack of bending. I, I get, you know, but what happened to turn the other cheek type of thing? I, yes, we had our daughter out of wedlock mm -hmm. and we shouldn't have been having premarital sex, mm -hmm. but we but did. You did. And we have a child. Forgiveness. Right, right, exactly. Turn yeah. the other cheek. We did. We want to do, you know, I don't want to say the right thing, but that's kind of how... I viewed it back then as a dumb college kid, you know what I mean? I want to do the right thing. I want to raise my child. I don't want someone else to be mm -hmm. in my child's life. I want to mm -hmm. to do what I've been taught as a parent to raise my daughter. And they said, no, absolutely not. You know, we all we all make those mistakes as prodigal sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. And there always has to be, yeah, I'll get both hands up for that, mm -hmm. right, Doug? And so we always we all make those mistakes, but this is what's so important. We have to recognize, as the prodigal realized when he was slopping the hogs, yep. that this is bad. This is bad for me. Mm -hmm. This is not sustainable and good for my long term. It's yeah. not good. It's bad in the short term. It's even worse for the long term. I need to return. I need to make things correct. I need to repent as much as I can. I need to get on the right track. And what is so important about the prodigal son is that the father was waiting, looking for him. He wasn't in the tent conducting business, debits and credits. He was standing, waiting, anticipating the return of his son, looking. When he saw him on the horizon, what did he do? He ran to him and embraced him, put his robe around him, put the ring of the family ring on his finger, and came in and slaughtered the calf and threw a big party. Mm -hmm. The prodigal son, but also the position of the father. I believe that kind of upset the brother, though. Yeah, it did upset the brother, and the reason it upset the brother because the brother was all focused on him as opposed mm -hmm. to the prodigal return. Yeah. Right. Right. Felt Forgiveness is not easy for a lot of people. It's right? not easy. Yeah, it's no. But, but the next one of the hardest things, I think, in, in a human's nature is to forgive somebody that has hurt them it's or done something to wrong them. Well, and it's, it's harder, I think, for people to repent when they know they've hurt somebody else intentionally. I think that's hard. Well, if you do it, in, yeah, if it's done intentionally. If you're intentionally doing it, I don't I'm think not you sure how much pain I don't think you feel. care. Yeah, if you do it intentionally, I don't think, I don't think I you think care. When somebody makes a change, a shift in their thinking and they realize this is not right I've been doing this wrong then I think it's very difficult for people to come forward and I think it's difficult for people to forgive that I, and I think every one of us can say that we've had probably some kind of issue in our past or in our lives or we've done things we wish we hadn't and you know we wish we could re repent for it you have to come to terms with yourself with the fact that okay that's the that's the person you were at that time and and, and you're learning from that so that you don't do it again well, that's very simple, though. I mean, it is very simple. If you can't forgive others, then why should anybody forgive you? It really is well, that also simple. Also, forgive I mean, yourself. Yeah, forgive yourself, yeah. which forgive is sometimes yourself. the hardest that's thing big. to do. That's yeah. Sometimes that's the hardest thing. Thing. If you can't forgive yourself, yeah. how can you forgive yourself? And it starts yourself? out with loving yourself mm -hmm. first. Right. You can't forgive yourself if yep. you don't love yourself, and you can't love others or forgive others if you can't do it for yourself. And that's where a lot of the world, a lot of people in this world today, and I'm guilty more than I'd like to ever even admit, 
That's where I, I believe when you, when you talk to folks and you, you can't say, do okay, those basic not, things for yourself. So they're not other Catholic, people. but they're they're uh, they're with the chapel or they're with another religion. I say, good. You got something going there. I mean, you know, because most religions, part of it is based on uh, uh, all religions. Religions, I believe, are partly based on love in a great way. Well, that's, that, that's another rabbit trail. I'm just people. trying to get you going. Yeah. No, you don't need to work at that. But let's talk. But let's think about this, though. That what what is it that society does? It says, well, there's nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. What do you say if there's nothing wrong? Well, now there's no need to repent. Yeah. I don't need to forgive myself. I don't need to forgive for other people. For what? There's no right. There's no wrong. Yeah. And it's very convenient. You get to wallow in your own basic human sinful nature, which is carnal by mm -hmm. its fallen nature. And boom, you just go on doing what you want to do. Zippity doo dah. Yeah, I think it's right. It's not, yeah, but John, it's not my child, and so it's not my concern. It's not your. I, I'm not sure. Not my kid jumping up and down in the cart, and so it's not my concern. It kind of a. But you know, you know what would happen if you went over and corrected someone else's child in this day and age? Oh, oh my gosh. Good luck with that. Well, you have to I mean, be well, that's What is it like as a teacher? Yeah. What is it like as a teacher? I'd want to wear a full body armor. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not teaching anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've said that, and it's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. And it's, it is very, very, they're, they're very delicate ways you have to approach things. Mm -hmm. and, and again, yesterday, me just walking by and saying, hey, careful there, buddy. Yeah. Slow down. Just in a nice way, but firm, but enough to get. You know, whether it was his mom or whoever, just enough to get her attention. So she's, oh, yeah, come over here. Um, that or when you see kids standing in carts, because we went through that with my middle son who actually fell out of a cart. And uh, it was not a great experience, uh, but involved an ambulance ride and, a, you know, keeping an eye on him for a bit. But uh, that can be scary. And, and again, you turn your back for two seconds. The boom, mm -hmm. yeah, it, right, it, literally for the boom, and turning around and seeing him as he's going over, going oh, crap, 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 and, and missing, or that kid running out. And to your point, Denise, earlier, we actually got a little harness system for Cody when he was little. I don't know if he remembers that or not, <laughs> but it only took the Did one time where I was actually getting a haircut, paying, and my wife goes, and she was standing there, I'm standing there, and she goes, Stop him! I turn around, Cody's bolting out the door of the barber shop into. The parking lot there's a car coming i've never moved and she still says i have never seen move you that move fast. that fast that before fast. or that fast <laughs> since and but you know i grabbed him got him and there he is and, and it was shortly after that we got the harness but to the whole point of the failing american family and the values that were just seemed to be under attack under attack or being mocked or being ridiculed and learning about you know the kindness that is necessary and and hearing you say you've got forgiveness forgiveness is incredibly difficult mm -hmm. i've had my own issues with that throughout my life with certain people and with myself can i forgive myself about there are still to this day things i struggle with that happened decades ago that you know can i still wish you can just get, get rid of yeah, just yeah. get rid of i still have dreams at night about them sometimes and you know, even with my wife and learning that, you know, coming to a very difficult point, uh, probably about seven, eight years ago, that um, you know, I had to learn kindness matters incredibly in a relationship. And deciding, do you want this relationship to continue and what are you willing to do 
and what do you need to do and what do you recognize and understanding that simple kindness rather than being afraid of something and letting that change your behavior because there was a situation I freaked out about handle it totally the wrong way and that made her feel like she'd lost a, a friend in, in me and having to come to realizations that you know what simple kindness matters but go ahead you're, you're, you're talking about the true difference here of am I going to blame somebody else for what's going on or happened in my life or am I going to look inside yeah 99% and it's, of the time it's inside it, and it's, well it's always inside just you know it, it, it truly is always inside you, you have to look that way I mean our, our generation grew up where uh, I know this happened with both my sisters blaming my parents for their lives mm -hmm. you can't do that and it's like What's the point? But you don't, you don't think they tried out. to do the best they could with what yep. they had and what they right. knew. Part of our life struggle is to overcome that's... how our parents screw us up. <laughs> right. Well, and that's right. And, that, and that's the thing that, like, I speak to a guy once a week just to kind of same type of thing we're doing here, is, um, you know, I struggle with um, how I did my kids, and I he just keeps saying, "You did the best you could with what you had." That's hard to accept. That's what I told yeah. my father, and he just looked at me and said. Really? <laughs> you know your sisters don't feel that way. I go, I, you did what you knew how to do right. with what you had, made decisions with the information you had at the time. Yeah, it's really easy, right? We all know we can look back and think, well, we could have done it that and way. That's why way. trying to pass it on to your kids is so important. Right? Yeah, I was no. just say, who's being hurt more by that situation, your dad or your sisters? You know, say it's your it, sisters. it doesn't matter. Because they're holding on to it. Them yeah, both. it's your sisters. are holding on to those. I mean, my mother often apologizes to this day <laughs> about the whole divorce situation and when our family split up. And I'm like, look, and I've said the exact same, exact same thing to her. You and Dad did the, made the best decisions you could with the ability you had at the time. Yeah. That that's all there is to it. I can't be angry with right. you about that. Well, you know what's so important but, about that, Peter, is that there is the sense that there was something that was less than ideal or something that was wrong. They came up short, did the best they could in the situation, but they still came up short of the mark. What? is happening now is that society is trying to erase the mark yeah and if once you erase the mark there's no need to uh, repent there's no need to forgive and if you can't forgive repent and engage in that process you can't have a relationship with God you can't return to him as the yeah. prodigal and that oh, and this is why I believe this is not just a social class war mm -hmm. through Marxism but also it's a spiritual war Satan does not want us to have a relationship with God through his, through his son, Jesus Christ. He doesn't want that. Yep. And if he can impede the family unit, which is what God ordained, uh, then all the more power. And guess what? Many people will not come to that because, well, there's nothing right or wrong. I don't need to repent. I don't need to turn. Even the admission that, hey, uh, I'm sorry, that shows there's still a mark. I know I came up short. But we're saying we're trying to get rid of the mark. Because you're going, you don't, you can't know, you, you can't know sadness if you don't know joy. You nope. can't, can't know pain if you don't know sorrow. You, you know, right? We could go down that road. It, there is no Satan if there is no God. Well, um, and let's yeah, let's stop yeah, right there. That's a whole other thing. And we'll close with that. Um, yeah, we're gonna close there. We're, we're just a hair over an hour. They actually need the room. Uh, they've given us the hour here, and we're grateful for that. Yeah. But um, we're gonna go ahead and close there. And we actually have a few more topics. We've got topics for weeks on end here. But, uh, uh, thank you all very much. Give yourselves a round of applause. A smattering. Yep, there you go. Around Thanks around. for having me, guys. And
Thank you. You're welcome anytime.